Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Curious Canadian History. I'm your host, David Boris. Sometime in the mid-19th century, thousands of warriors from dozens of tribes of the Coast Salish people united in a rare moment of Salish solidarity and inflicted a massive defeat on an enemy that had been terrorizing the Salish people for years. This battle became a cornerstone of Salish history and identity and proved to be one of the most decisive victories ever inflicted on an enemy by any military force in the history of Canada. This is Season 9, Episode 2, Unite the Salish, the Battle of Maple Bay. Today I won't be giving a book recommendation because I will be giving a show recommendation. I had the pleasure of being a part of the documentary on Zuhalem, titled Zuhalem, which was recently released by the Knowledge Network. I will put a link to the show in the show notes. And in that documentary, I had the amazing opportunity to talk about the Battle of Maple Bay while standing on the shores of the bay itself. It was quite the moment, and I am grateful for the opportunity. I hope you enjoy the documentary. The Coast Salish people's traditional territory in the Pacific Northwest includes the Salish Sea and the various waterways attached to it. Their territory ranges from the Strait of Juan de Fuca in the west into the basin of the Fraser River to the east. Coast Salish territory goes as far south as Tacoma, and Olympia in Washington State, and as far north as Powell River and Comox on Vancouver Island in British Columbia. The Battle of Maple Bay, which occurred sometime in the mid-19th century, is a legendary moment 
in the history of the Coast Salish people. A rare and unique moment of Salish solidarity, as a number of tribes, many of them rivals, and many leaders, many of them rivals, came together to defend their land. Yet, what is most interesting about this event is that it exists almost entirely within the Salish oral historical tradition. No European was there to witness it or write about it. So the story of the battle has been passed down from generation to generation within a wide variety of Salish tribes. What modern historians have done is compile these oral histories in order to identify the consistencies and commonalities between them and thus put together a highly accurate picture of this incredibly significant event. In fact, according to modern ethnographers who work amongst the First Nations of the Pacific Northwest, this is the most documented oral story amongst the Coast Salish. To begin with, we need to understand the context for the battle. And to do this, I want to read to you an excerpt of an oral history taken in 1932 from a Coast Salish chief. He says, For many, many years, all in the bright summer weather, they have come down upon us. They have killed our men and taken away our women to slavery. Every year they come, and nobody knows whose house shall be left desolate with the coming of the summer. For they are many and strong and their war canoes are upon the sea as the salmon in the spawning season at the river mouth. We cannot stand against them. We are too few. We are not united as they are. Year after year, we wail the loss of our champions, the loss of our wives and children. Then we make up our minds. All the tribes of the south, the Cowichans, the Malahats, the Songhees, the Saanich, and the men from Sook, where the tall white waves come in from the ocean, all of us make up our minds. We shall become one people, and join, and await their coming. They shall not find us until they come upon us all together. So who was this Coast Salish chief talking about? Well, he was speaking of the Lekultok people, a southern branch of the Kwakwakoak, who are a seafaring people from the territory around the northern tip of Vancouver Island and the mainland opposite. In the early 19th century, the Lekwiltok expanded their territory, conquering much of the land previously held by Coast Salish. And this is around the modern-day areas of Comox and Courtney on Vancouver Island and Powell River on the mainland. This Territorial expansion was a devastating blow to Salish hegemony in the region, and it was the product of several key factors. First and foremost was disease. A series of epidemics had ravaged Salish populations up and down the coast of the Pacific Northwest. The problem was for the northern coast Salish, their territory was a buffer between the Lekwiltok to their north and the southern coast Salish to their south. Thus, the northern coast Salish were not only weakened by these epidemics, but were frankly exposed to the threat from their northern enemy, an enemy that was all too willing to strike 
against disease-ravaged peoples. Secondly, the Lek will talk had undergone an extensive trading campaign with fur traders in the region, and this resulted in them acquiring significant numbers of firearms. As the northern coast Salish reeled from disease, the Lekwiltok were acquiring greater and greater numbers of muskets and thus became better armed than their southern foe. Finally, and this is an important factor, the coast Salish were not a unified, homogenous people. You see, they were a number of distinct political groups related by ethnicity and language, but in no way were the Coast Salish a centralized, unified political body. Most Coast Salish political structures were organized at the household and village level. This meant that most Coast Salish people held intense loyalty to the small group that made up no more than a village or a collection of villages. Beyond that, Besides sharing language and ethnic commonalities, most Coast Salish groups were independent of each other. There were even numerous examples of Coast Salish groups raiding and fighting amongst each other. Thus, when the Lekwiltok struck out on their campaign of territorial expansion, the northern Coast Salish groups were vulnerable to being picked off one after the other. So by the 1830s, the Lekwiltok had become a serious military menace to the Coast Salish, and even journals of the Hudson's Bay Company at Fort Langley, which is in modern-day Langley, British Columbia, comment frequently on the widespread fear the Lekwiltok raiders instilled amongst the Coast Salish along the Fraser River. It's clear, then, that by this point, the Lekwiltok were raiding into the Fraser River and possibly as far south as modern-day Tacoma. Around this time, and we guess it is the 1830s, though the date is difficult to pin down, it could have been the 1840s or even as late as the early 1850s, it is said that a Coast Salish chief from the Cowichan Nation sent out a call for a large council of war. Now, we're not quite sure which chief it was. It could have been Tosetsin, or more controversially, it could have been the infamous Zuhalem. Either way, this Cowichan chief called upon numerous Coast Salish tribes to send representatives to this war council to discuss what to do about the Lekwiltok. It's said that 44 groups were represented at this council of war, ranging from territory all over Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, Puget Sound, and along the Fraser River. Just to give you a sense of some of the groups present at this incredible diplomatic moment were the Seashelt from the modern-day Sunshine Coast, the Squamish from modern-day Squamish, the Capilano from modern-day North and West Vancouver, the Musqueam from modern-day Vancouver, the Songhees from modern-day Victoria, and the Snohomish, Saget, and Puyallup from modern-day Washington State. Now, the War Council itself was diplomatically complex. Many of these tribes had actually fought each other before, while many others had traded peacefully for centuries. Zuhalem himself was already notorious for violence committed against other Salish peoples, and there was significant animosity between him and other leaders at the council. Regardless, 
all present recognized the threat that the Lekwaltok posed to the Salish. And by the end of the war council, most of the war leaders there had committed themselves to an alliance to defeat their shared northern enemy. They devised a plan to ambush the Lekwaltok, and the site for this ambush was a place we now call Maple Bay. Curious Canadian history. We'll be back after the break. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, I'm Phelan Johnson. And I'm Leah Simone Bowen. And we look at history a bit differently. Have you ever wondered how hundreds of wild horses came to inhabit an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Or what Lord of the Rings and a small town in Manitoba have in common? Or the burning question, did Canada invent the teen drama? The Secret Life of Canada is a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. New episodes available now wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, I know that sometimes advertisements can get in the way of a good story. And here at Curious Canadian history, we never want a good story's momentum broken up, but we rely on advertisements for the financial support needed to continue to make this. That being said, there is a way to access CCH episodes advertisement-free. If you go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search for Curious Canadian History, you can access all our episodes ad-free. And all you got to do is donate $1 or $2 to the podcast. It's easy, safe, and it's a great way to get this content without the ads. Patreon even has an app, so you can simply use the app on your phone like you would be using any of your podcast apps. And there you have it, every new CCH episode right there at your fingertips. Check out patreon.com slash Curious Canadian History today and join the club. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. So why was Maple Bay chosen? Well, it should be noted first that Maple Bay is the English descriptor of that body of water. The Salish name for it, and please forgive my pronunciation, is Hutulipnets, meaning deep-watered place. Now, this deep-watered place is located on the western side of Salt Spring Island and the eastern side of Vancouver Island near the town of Duncan. It has a narrow northern channel into the bay and a narrow southern channel out of the bay. It was, for a long time, a popular water highway for Salish and, of course, for the Lekwiltok when they would come south to raid. 
you see the large island of Salt Spring Island to the east gave them natural cover from mainland Salish groups. And the water highway allowed them to shift to Salish groups on the Vancouver Island if the opportunity arose to attack. Now, the bay was also an important spiritual center for the Salish. It was part of their creation myth, where supernatural humans and ancient non-human beings battled during the formation of their world. Now, it would also be the site of one of the most important moments in Salish history. The oral histories state that the Salish brought to Maple Bay hundreds of canoes, which translated to thousands of warriors, as few as 2,000, and some sources estimate as many as 5,000. Regardless of the disparity in these numbers, it is widely agreed that the Salish outnumbered the Lekwaltok two to one. The battle plan was incredibly well thought out. Firstly, the Salish set up a decoy, which was a group of canoes that would act stranded in the middle of Maple Bay. In these canoes were women and a small number of men. These were meant to appear to be easy pickings to lure the Lekwaltok into the center of the bay. Salish scouts were assigned up and down the coast to be running and reporting on the progress of the Lekwaltok raiding party. When the Lekwaltok arrived in the northern entrance to the bay, they spotted the Salish party in the center of it, this decoy group, and they advanced rapidly. Here, they entered into the widest part of the bay, and then, as they descended on the decoy group, a large Salish war party emerged from the trees along the shoreline and paddled out to do battle. Seeing that they were outnumbered, the Lekwiltok actually first tried to make peace, but the Salish chief leading the large war party fired an arrow and killed the Lekwiltok chief, and battle commenced. Soon into the battle, the Lekwiltok sought to flee northwards through the narrows they initially came through, but another Salish war party suddenly rounded the bend and entered in through the northern entrance to the bay. At this point, the Lekwiltok realized they were in a trap, and bloody conflict erupted on the water. The fighting was from canoe to canoe, using bows and arrows, muskets, and even hand-to-hand combat when the canoes got close enough. It's interesting to note that even though both sides did have firearms, there was actually little mention of the use of them in the sources. Instead, it seemed that this was a battle using traditional weapons. Very quickly, the battle turned to chaos. Hundreds of canoes battling it out on the water, the water turning red from the blood of fallen warriors. Yet the Salish advantage in numbers began to turn the tide, and the Lekwiltok started to break off in smaller groups to retreat in multiple different directions. One group rowed towards the shore of Vancouver Island, and upon beaching their canoes, they were attacked by a Salish party in waiting, and completely wiped out. Another group of Lekwiltok fled south, attempting to pass through the southern narrows that acted as an exit from the bay. And it was here that more Salish emerged, up on the bluffs overlooking the southern narrows, which was known as Octopus Point, where a giant octopus was once defeated by a giant from the mainland. As one account states, 
This was the chance the Cowichans up on the rocks had been waiting for. Just as the first canoe got under the bluff, those men took great rocks that they had collected and rolled them down right into the canoe, breaking it into pieces. On came the next, and the next, and the next. Too late now to stop, and no good trying to turn back, for our canoes were close behind them. Twenty canoes went under that bluff. Only three got through. It is said that leading the Salish on the bluffs was none other than Zuhalem himself. The Lequiltoc raiding party never had a chance. The trap was set, the bait was laid, the Lequiltoc bit, and the Salish pounced. Those Lequiltoc that did escape fled northwards, but eventually were so exhausted that they had to make landfall on Vancouver Island, where other Salish groups hunted them down. Very few Lequiltoc warriors survived the Battle of Maple Bay. It was a resounding Salish victory. The battle was also a devastating blow to the Lequiltoc. They had lost so many warriors that they immediately sought to make peace with the Salish. In a hurried and frenzied round of diplomacy, a number of Salish men and women were married into prominent Lequiltoc families to secure alliances, especially with the Comox people. The Lequiltoc had been beaten, humbled, and now diplomatically forced into peace with the Salish. And for one of the few times in their history, the Salish had banded together to inflict one of the greatest military victories in the history of the North American West Coast. The Lequiltoc would never again be a threat to the Salish people. Thus, the Battle of Maple Bay, which occurred sometime between 1835 and 1855, stands as a powerful historical moment for the Coast Salish, when an otherwise fragmented linguistic and ethnic group came together despite their own animosities to form a super-alliance which defeated an enemy that had for decades dominated the waters of the Pacific Northwest and terrorized the Salish people. It is a battle that has gone down in history as one of the most important unifying moments for all the Coast Salish. I want to thank you all for listening today. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Doc Boris. That's at D-O-C-B-O-R-Y-S. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Patreon. And you can find us on all podcast listening devices. And please do not hesitate to write and leave a comment. We love to hear from you. I'm David Boris. Stay curious, friends. Friends.